Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation, a program providing help and information for our caregivers who are vital to the health and welfare of so many people in our community. You can hear Caregiver SOS on air Sundays at 6 p.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernio. You know Carol is a nationally recognized gerontologist, executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, and president of the National Council on Aging, and we have a very special guest today, and that's you, which is a really good idea uh, and a topic that you dealt with on one of the caregiver teleconnections for WellMed. Yes, we are going to talk about some practical ideas for caregivers uh, during the holidays because, as we know, once it's Halloween, whoosh, it's Thanksgiving, whoosh, it's all the other holidays, and it's all a big blur. And there you are. And there you are. And holidays... You know, they can be fun, but they can be stressful. Now, before we do that, we'll ease into this because you found some really interesting topics that we like to touch on at the beginning of each and every one of our Caregiver SOS on-air programs. And what uh, Carol wanted to deal with, first of all, and, you know, I hadn't really thought about this, but elephants are big. They live a long time, and it turns out they're relatively cancer-free. Okay, so this is one of those strange headlines that I actually saw online and as a big headline on a newspaper stand when I was in, recently in Washington, D.C. So it's big news, ha-ha, about elephants. Um, so here's the theory. Uh, if, you know, mice are small, we do all this research on mice. Um, people should have a lot more cancer than mice, and elephants should have a lot more cancer than people because to get bigger, you have to divide your cells to grow. And the more you divide your cells, that increases the uh, opportunity to have a mutation, and a mutation that keeps mutating and dividing is going to become a cancer cell. So why is it that actually mice and people have about the same rate of cancer, but elephants, as it turns out, hardly have any cancer at all? So there's a scientist who looked at that. I figure there's an app for that. Yeah, there's got to be an app for that. So people and mice have uh, 11 to 25% of people die of cancer. Elephants, only 5%. So some researchers got together, and what they found is that there's a gene called, this one I can pronounce, P53. They should name all things so easily, P53. P53. We as humans have one set of P53 genes, right? And that gene, it it looks for bad cells, deformed cells, mutated cells, and it tells them don't divide or sends in defenses to get rid of the cell. So that's how we fight cancer. Well, it turns out that elephants have multiple P53 cells, And so what happens when elephants get cancer, it appears, is that some of their cells, bad cells, commit suicide. Rather than face the P53. (laughs) They get so intimidated by these extra P53 genes. So they're not really sure what's going on. So sometimes P53 will say, hey, let's go fix that cell, and they'll go repair the damage. Sometimes they'll say, stop multiplying. You know, so just stop. And you're, when you die, that your mutation you dies go to with time you. Out. Yeah, time out. But then some of them, they commit suicide. 
So this is, you know, it, it's interesting. But the problem is now they're like, ooh, this is fantastic. Let's go try this in people. But we have to try it in mice first. Right. Well, what they found out is if you increase P53 genes in mice, you increase aging. It accelerates aging. <laughs> Oops. Oops. So the good news is it's helping elephants but live longer. <laughs> yep. well, it's, it, the good news is elephants are doing better. Um, it could lead to some other breakthrough, but oh. like like naked mole rats, it does. I'm happy to say that the elephant article does mention our friends, the oh. naked mole rats who live to be 30 years old with no cancer. Exactly. Um, not that they're as big as elephants. They're not. They're no, small. They're tiny. They're small. And um, naked. So you know, it's the the what we need to what we learn from this is that cancer has been going on not just in people but in animals forever and there are multiple species like whales like elephants like naked mole rats that don't get cancer and so we studying them may help us in the future the end the end the end so big long lived and cancer relatively cancer free we have to find out why and they do it for peanuts Ooh, I couldn't resist that. You Sorry. actually said that. I said it out loud. She's Carol Zerniel right here on Caregiver SOS on Air on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, I'm Ron Aaron. Now, one of the things that we have talked about from time to time uh, is uh, whether or not there are things that you don't know that can hurt you. Yes, and when it comes to Social Security, the things you don't know can really hurt you. Um, you may remember that we had Richard Eisenberg, uh, who's a financial writer right. for the New York Times, on the show, he or sorry, for guest. Forbes, yeah. uh, on the show. And he recently did an article um, about a survey that was conducted on what people know about Social Security. Huh. So you, if you ask people what they know about Social Security, like half people will say, oh, I'm pretty knowledgeable about that. But then when you actually ask them questions, detailed questions, they have no idea. it's not quite so much. And it, it's important to know something about Social Security because for 50 percent of Americans – I'm sorry, for 39 percent of Americans, Social Security is going to be more than 50 percent of your retirement income. Some people actually believe that Social Security is going to be all of their retirement income, not realizing – it's not supposed to be 100% of your retirement right. income. That's a pretty low income. And so, this is another year, it doesn't happen often, but no Social Security cost of living increase. No, because we have no inflation. When they, there's no inflation, they don't increase it. Except some of the things that seniors buy have gone up, like drug prices. They have, and, and that's all because the um, Social Security is COLA, the cost of living increase is tied to the CPI, Consumer Price Index, and it should be tied to something else. And it's a very complicated it statement. Is. But there are people that are looking at that and working on that. So, so the study by AARP and Social Security found that nearly 40% didn't know that the earliest age you can retire and collect Social Security is? 62. 62. Very good. Thank you very much. Very good. Um, and that the people that did know that there's a difference in payments, so you can retire at 62 and collect Social Security. But you don't get anywhere near what your maximum would be. But if you wait to full retirement age, which right now would be 66 or 67, they know you get more, but they don't know how much more you get. So do you know how much more you get if you wait? I don't know percentage The wise. real percentage? So it's 25 to 30% oh, more. Big number. And if you wait until you're age 70, you get an increase of 8% a year. Ooh. Between full retirement age at 66, 67, and waiting to age 70. Huh. Can I go back and unretire and retire again? 
Actually, you can. That's a really good question. Did you know that if you collect Social Security too early, you can actually pay it back and delay getting the payments until later, and you'll get the higher payments? Really? And the higher income for the rest of your life. I did not know that. So, yes, you can negotiate that. Um, and let's see. Oh, the other the other big number in the survey was half of respondents didn't know that who had been married didn't know that they received Social Security benefits based on their living spouse's work history. So, in case you don't know, um, there is a little bit of discrimination in Social Security. There is uh, that whoever is the highest wage earner, the spouse gets half of the Social Security of the highest wage earner, which typically is the man. But what that means is that the spouse, which is oftentimes the woman, um, only gets half Social Security. So I can work my entire life paying Social Security, and I'm only going to get half of my spouse's amount, not my full amount. Well, that's not fair. So that's, you know, it's not. It's the way Um, it is. It's the way it is. And the other thing that people don't know is that if you've been divorced – how many do you know if you're divorced how many years you had to have been married for your spouse to collect social security more than 10 years 10 years or more some people think it's only five years that would be incorrect and some people don't know they collect anything at all the good news is is that if your ex goes down to collect on your social security it doesn't reduce your social security they just get money too so let's make sure folks (laughs) understand this let's say uh you are divorced and you go on with your life and you're... You were married for 11 years. And your former spouse can then go in when she turns... Yeah, when I turn... 65. Well, 62, depending 62. on what age I decide to retire. She can collect based on your Social Security. Correct. Most yeah. people don't know that. Yes. So there are spousal benefits. Um, even after you're divorced. Even after you're divorced. Yes. Which is a double benefit because you probably weren't happy married. Now you're divorced, you're yeah, happier. If, you're, if you were the one left behind going and collecting on that spouse's right. Social Security, right. can feel pretty good. And it doesn't affect... It doesn't take their money away. Their money away. Okay. No, it doesn't re- impact them at all. So if you're, if you're confused about Social Security or you want to know more about it, they actually have a Social Security calculator on the Social Security website. It's pretty good. So you can go to social, you know, socialsecurity.gov. Um, or there's a new book out that actually I've seen multiple people reading, including my husband. Really? Um, called Get Get What's Yours. Ooh. That's an American-sounding title. Yeah, it sure Get is. Get What's Yours. And it tells you all the ins and outs on maximizing your Social Security. And if you're a caregiver, um, you know, you may have worked some, if you're taking care of the finances of somebody else, I mean, this is a big deal. Social Security is a big deal. It does provide a lot of retirement security and income, and it is in all of our best interest to know what our benefits are. Coming up in a moment or two, right here on Caregiver SOS on Air, our very special guest today, Carol Zerniel, and we'll be talking about practical tips for caregiving during the holidays, some neat ideas that uh, you certainly can benefit from. Meditation, that's the hot topic now. That and mindfulness are at the tip of everybody else's tongue. If uh, you're a caregiver for someone with Alzheimer's, uh, are, are there special meditation regimens that you can follow? Well, now there are special meditations. So there is a new book out, if you are an Alzheimer's caregiver, that was written by a wide variety of clergy from all over the country, many of them who were Alzheimer's caregivers as well. So it's called Seasons of Caring, Meditations for Alzheimer's and Dementia Caregivers, and it's available on Amazon.com for $13.80, last checked. 
And um, <laughs> what's in it? So what's in it are, is about six months worth of daily meditation. Oh. So if you were to read a meditation every day, it lasts you about six months. And it really tries to address that unique Alzheimer's dementia situation, um, whether it's behavior problems, uh, you know, the feelings of inadequacy sometimes caregivers get. So, you know, the holidays are coming up. It is going to be kind of hectic. That might be a good time to get a new medi- a little early holiday gift for yourself. So daily meditations, um, seasons of caring. And if you go to Amazon, you can read the first 21 pages for free. Cool. So seasons of caring, meditations for Alzheimer's and dementia caregivers. First one is, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's just the disease talking. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, that's pretty cool. Coming up in just a moment, uh, Carol joins us. We don't have to change chairs. And we'll be talking about, uh, with the holidays just over the horizon, uh, first it's Halloween and then it's Thanksgiving and then it's Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's in a split second. So we'll talk about practical tips for caregiving during the holidays. I'm Ron Aaron along with Carol Zerniel. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on Air. Where? Right here on 930 AM, The Answer. Those of us who are eligible for Medicare know all too well it's difficult and confusing to navigate the maze of rules and regulations, but now there's good news. The Medicare Information Centers brought to you by WellMed provide all the information Medicare-eligible people may need on Medicare and Medicare Advantage health plan options, preventive health care, health topics, government-sponsored Medicare savings programs, and a whole lot more, and there's no cost for the service. The Medicare Information Centers by WellMed are your one-stop go-to resource for everything you need to know about Medicare and various other resources. Remember, open enrollment begins October 15th and continues through December 7th. Hey, don't do it alone. If you don't understand something, ask for help. It's available at no cost. Call 877-813-3134 for more information about open enrollment and for your appointment at one of seven Medicare Information Centers in San Antonio, 877-813-3134. And I have good news for you. In fact, we've got some feedback from folks who have been listening to the show, and they were just surprised to hear that right now, as we speak, on this Sunday afternoon, there are folks standing by at the Medicare Information Center Open Enrollment program by WellMed, waiting for your call to help you uh, take some of the confusion out of all of this. Call 877-813-3134. They're there right now to talk with you. You won't get a machine. Get a human being. What a neat concept. 877-813-3134. The call is free and the service is free. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air right here on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron along with Carol Zernio. And we don't do this enough. Carol is, uh, well, another way to put it, Carol's probably forgotten more about aging and seniors and Alzheimer's and other issues than most of us will ever know in our lifetime. And so we need to take advantage of that knowledge, and I'm going to do that right now. She's agreed to talk with us about uh, something she put together as part of the Caregiver Teleconnection program, uh, which we can tell you about as well. Uh, But as the holidays approach, uh, they cause special trauma, concern, and sometimes excitement and enthusiasm for caregivers, especially caregivers with Alzheimer's care recipients, uh, and it's a challenging time, Carol. 
Well, the holidays can be challenging um, because in you know a lot of us have trouble keeping up with all of our caregiving duties and our regular lives. On a a normal day. And now let's add to that holiday cooking, shopping, decorating, writing cards, um, parties, all all of the above, other special events. And suddenly we're we're overwhelmed. We're not enjoying the holidays. It was too much to begin with, and now it's way too much. So how do we get the holidays down to something that can be enjoyable for us as well as for our loved one because it's stressful for for both people um and i think that you know that that actually takes some planning now you put this together for a caregiver teleconnection and and, and that is what the caregiver teleconnection is our telephone program at no cost where caregivers call in and they get to listen to someone a social worker a lawyer a doctor me um gerontologist uh talking about something of interest uh, the session is recorded, so you can, you got your choices now on this one. You can listen to this podcast after the show, or you can listen to a recording of our caregiver teleconnection, where some other caregivers actually were on the line and, and gave me some more ideas on how to make the holidays more manageable. And the holidays themselves, and especially if it's mom caring for dad, and uh, they always were the focal point for the holidays. They always hosted the family uh, for holiday dinners, Thanksgiving at Grandma's house was always a big event, uh, and, and you often reach point where you just can't do that anymore. But you hate to disappoint the family. Well, and that's it. So you know what? You know we've got a couple of questions that we, if you, for the caregivers out there as they're planning for the holidays, and and let me just say, you know, they're they're really you really do need to plan ahead because um, if you don't plan and you're expecting what happened in your traditional holidays growing up, really setting yourself up for disappointment uh, because things aren't the same. So it's nice to have a plan, but we're going to leave a lot of white space around that plan because we don't know exactly what's going to happen. So let's put some good anchors in the ground, things that we want to have, and we're going to plan for them, but let's not hold on to it too tightly uh, and not let's not over plan because that's another way of setting yourself up for disappointment. Be flexible. Got to be flexible. So the questions that I want you to think about, I just gave that list of things that we do during the holiday shopping, cooking, gift wrapping, cards, all of that. So if you, as you're thinking about all the things you think you have to do, um, there are a couple of questions you ask yourself. Would the holidays be the same if you didn't do it? So... You know, I can think of an, the example that I was giving on the teleconnection was that, you know, my father a couple of years ago decided he couldn't decorate the tree anymore, getting it down, decorating. It was way too much. And so he decided no tree, which worked for him. But it didn't work for our family because with children in the family, you know, no, no decorations, nothing that tells you it's Christmas didn't really feel that holiday-ish. So my sister stepped in, and she brings in the tree now, and she decorates it, and my father loves it. He loves having his tree, and he loves having it up. He made all the ornaments on it. Um, he just couldn't do it But anymore. it was too much for him. Right. So, you know, so that's it was a really good experiment because we tried it, and it didn't work for all of us that were spending the holidays together, and now we got some somebody else volunteered to do that piece. So, you know, that's kind of where that flexibility comes in. You know, another question to ask yourself is, would you like to do things differently? Sometimes by going back to the home that you grew up in, going to the grandmother's house, mom's house, staying at your house, where you always, always, always have done it, 
it it feels like a disappointment every time because it can never be the same. You know, when people are frail or they're sick or they have Alzheimer's, it's not the same. The food doesn't taste the same. It doesn't look the same. It's not the same people in and the room. And smell the same. Nothing's the same. And, and you different. feel disappointed and you're wishing in your back of your head. You're just you're feeling differently about it. So doing something different, actually changing your environment, maybe you would like to go spend, you know, go to somebody else's house, uh, go to a restaurant or a hotel uh, and spend it. Go to you know a church gathering. Go volunteer to give stuff out at a shelter. Um, but doing something different, creating a new tradition, letting somebody else do the cooking at somebody else's house. All of that, you don't have the, you don't have those preconceived ideas. You you can open yourself up to something new when you just change the environment. Don't do the same old thing that you've always done. Now, at, at the bottom of this is something that. Uh, not enough families engage in in, in in a really effective manner, and that's communication. Well, and communication is key because, A, if you have relatives or friends who haven't seen your loved one you're caring for in a long time and may not realize how they've changed, you want to give them the heads up. And, B, if you're going to change things up and things have always been the same, you want to give them the heads up. <laughs> because it's not going to be the same. Dr. Eikhoff talks about this, uh, a woman physician with whom I co-host Woman Radio, and she uh, talks about how uh, relatives may come into town, they haven't seen mom or dad, brother or sister, uh, for several months, and they end up calling her and saying, well, what are you doing with my dad? He's not He's not what he was. He doesn't seem to No, be, you're not taking care he, of him, exactly. bad caregiver. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so and me- she explains that, well, if you'd been in contact more often, if you'd had a chance to come to town to see him, He's declining. It happens. Right. Or you may not realize that if it's not Alzheimer's, if they have, you know, some other kind of disease, it's Whatever. gotten worse or he hasn't been able to get out of bed as often as, you know. So, yeah, people do get worse and, and it's good to give people the heads up. So, you know, when you're looking at your list of things in the holidays, ask yourself, are you, why are you doing this? Is it habit? Is it tradition in your family? Is it you feel obligated to do it? Or are you doing it as free choice? Ooh. So when my mother, who has Alzheimer's, stopped being able to make Christmas cookies, because she was the cookie baker, you know, seven, eight, ten dozen Christmas cookies. She spent two nights rolling One them hand out, behind her back. doing all the different shapes, and we could yeah. work, we, you know, come in and decorate. Well, you know, to me, that was an important tradition. So I have taken over making cookies. I make two dozen cookies. I don't make ten dozen cookies. <laughs> but, you know, something that we can enjoy uh, during that period that we're all oh, together. Cool. And now my son can do the decorating. And actually, my mother, who has Alzheimer's, can help with the decorating. Because she can shake out those sprinkles, and she's delighted um, that she's participating in the activity. So Does you know, it spark a memory, do you think, for her? Um, I think it does, but, and I also think that you know it's colorful, it's festive, it's positive, it's easy. Um, those are not bad choices. Not you bad know, at And all. then when she gets bored with it, she can just walk away, which is fine, because we're not, expect, we're not expecting her to stay there and, and finish the job. Right. You know, this is supposed to be enjoyable. So you know, why are you doing it? Are you the person that has to do it? Um, so for some families, if the person that did all the cooking is the one who is not well, it may be time to find your favorite restaurant, (laughs) you know, and to prepare some meals or friends and neighbors and, you know, other people do the food. So can you share this activity? We talked about my sister decorating the tree. That was, you know, where we had somebody else do it. Um, and, but knowing who is responsible for getting the activity done for your group gathering 
that needs to be part of your plan because if you think, you know, Aunt Susie is going to be bringing the pies and Aunt Susie shows up and says, I can't wait to have your cherry pie and you fall over and have a fit because there's no pies. That's why in San Antonio, God created Bill Miller's. Yes. and Buy a pie, got it ready. There are, are lots of places. And you know what? The, some of those frozen pies are pretty darn good. You know, I don't want to say Mrs. Smith's on the radio, but... <laughs> There are some frozen pies. She knows how to make a pie. There's some pies out there that are pretty darn good. Change the uh, container (laughs) it's in and they'll think you made it. And and the last thing that you can ask yourself is, do you like doing it? And probably the the first one that comes to mind is holiday cards. There are a lot of people out there who, A, don't like to do cards, and B, some of them actually don't like those those letters, you know, the the letters that with typed in advance, that holiday letter. I personally love to receive holiday letters and sometimes give holiday letters. It brings you up to date. It it brings you up to date. It's a way to stay connected with people that, you know, maybe you only hear from them on that little chain letter during the Uh holidays. I'm fine with that. But you have to like doing it. So if you're doing things during the holidays, one of the caregivers we were talking to, she says, you know what? We try to simplify we want to simplify the holiday. She says every year we pick one thing less to do. So this year they were giving one less present. With you know, I guess they used to give multiple presents to everybody. So this year they're having one less present. So maybe this year you don't do cards or you don't decorate the, all of the outside lights or something. But she thinks simplifying and have everybody get together and give up something makes them feel better. We'll pick up more on this in just a moment, talking about tips for the holidays for caregivers. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel. You hear us at 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Podcasts of these shows are available as well. Just go to caregiversos.org, and you can hear all the shows that we have done over the past several years. And this show in particular can be of great help uh, to folks who are in the fix that we've been talking about. If you're a caregiver, for someone especially with dementia or other forms of Alzheimer's, uh, you may want to pay attention to ways in which you can simplify your life as well. We are cruising right along here on Caregiver SOS on Air on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zernio. We're talking about tips for the holidays and making caregiving for someone with Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia a little bit easier. Uh, But Roland Ruiz, our technical director, jumped in. We were mentioning pies, and I mentioned Bill Miller's, and you mentioned Mrs. Smith's. And he quite correctly points out there's uh, Marie Callender's, there's uh, Earl Abel's, which has uh, uh, certainly wonderful pies. There's Luby's, where you can get maple, pecan pie. So we, we don't want to slight anybody in the pie-making business. Yeah, there are a lot of, of good pies. And, and, and actually now you can go online and order pies from restaurants in faraway cities and have them wow. delivered to your home, which is crazy good. We have a friend, Dr. Martha Bryant, who is the best pie-maker in the world. She makes me a sugar-free cherry pie from time to time. Mm, I think I should test this pie to make sure it is the best <laughs> yeah, pie Carol and in the I world. both love cherry pie. That's right. We have a tradition where on our birthdays we have pie <laughs> right. instead of cake. That's exactly. why we're obsessed with pies. <laughs> now, as we talk about caregiving, uh, let's talk about caregiving for your loved one uh, during the holidays and traditions that uh, you'd love to keep going. Maybe you and, and your spouse always took a family vacation and went somewhere on the holidays, but it's become difficult. Right. It's travel may actually be one of the first things that you have to give up when you take on caregiving because it's just not possible to get everybody packed up. 
Now, if you are going to attempt a trip, uh, packing in advance and planning in advance is very important because you a, you want to make sure you've got all those medications that you need so you don't get out of town or the holidays don't hit, and that's where you, your prescription runs out for yourself or for your loved one. Years ago, our family uh, went to Annapolis for my son Mitch's graduation from the Naval Academy. 1999 was the year. And my dad, uh, who had Alzheimer's at the time, uh, came in for the holiday. My brother Jim drove him and my mother to Annapolis from Cleveland. We hadn't been in the hotel more than 30 seconds, and the front desk called and said, I think we found your dad. He was wandering the hotel. They checked into their room. My mom turned her back. He went right out the door, down the hall. Wow. Zoom. Gone. That's right. But they found him right they away. They found him, and it's nice. To, they picked a hotel that had, he was, I hope, inside hallways. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> yeah, out in the exactly. pool. Exactly. Out in the well, pool. Well, things to be aware of as you travel, Well, if you it travel. is, yeah, if you're not paying any attention. Um, you know, and we were talking about packing, and for people with Alzheimer's, I'm thinking of a family where the person that had Alzheimer's didn't like their stuff being taken out of the closet and put in a suitcase. It was very upsetting. What are you doing with my things? I don't want them in the suitcase. No, 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 no. And so packing had to be taking one item out at a time when the loved one wasn't looking (laughs) and secreting away in another room into a suitcase, which was quickly closed so that they didn't see their stuff in the suitcase. Interesting. um, Which takes a lot longer when you're packing that way. Well, it's a strategy. It is a strategy. It's a strategy. So – you know, when you're thinking about your loved one in the holiday, whether they're, you know, if they have cancer, if they have Alzheimer's, if they have some other uh, chronic condition that you're dealing with, um, it's very important to measure their energy and your energy as you go through this holiday season because you're doing extra things. There may be extra things for them. And if you're going to be doing something big, like today's baking day or today's shopping day or today's go to that big concert day, um, then you may you want to plan your energy to be ready for that event. If you're doing activities, a lot of times it's better to do those earlier in the day when energy is higher. If you're going to be doing something that's usually more around mealtime, you may, you may need to plan to take care of that person, make sure they've been fed and they've had a nap if you're going to do something later in the day so that they're not just worn out. And we, and we know that uh, some folks have a sundowner effect, which – uh, really uh, changes their behavior come dark. Right, and they can be disoriented. And, you know, and this may be, you know, you want to um, actually arrange for a sitter or something so that you can do something special. You, you may, may not want to decorate as much. Some people find the additional decorations, it's clutter, it's confusing. Why is this all out? I mean, my mother-in-law who had Alzheimer's, which doesn't sound, you know, I got it on both sides of the family. <laughs> um, she was become very agitated with too much stuff out. And holiday decorations, no, no, no. Because all those little manger scenes and all those little people, <laughs> the little elves and whatever else there is, that was clutter to her. And she would literally become agitated and angry. Huh. Why is all this stuff out? The stuff is out. Why is the stuff out? It was very upsetting for her. So, you know, and and you may have to not put the gifts out. I've known families that had a rude awakening weeks before Christmas when all the packages were opened early. Somebody who didn't really know it wasn't Christmas Day yet. Just went down and opened (laughs) it. Just went down and opened everything. So maybe you want decorative boxes that don't have the real presents in them. Right. That could also be a strategy. Interesting. Yes. 
So plan ahead, plan ahead. Plan ahead. You know, watch out for those electrical cords, the safety thing you were talking about if you're in a new environment. Um, one of the caregivers that was talking to us about the number of guests, they found that their mother became overwhelmed by having all the family at one time, like on Thanksgiving. It was just a mass of people. So they made a decision. The families come at three separate times. One family celebrates Thanksgiving, comes over the weekend before Thanksgiving, Mm. one on Thanksgiving Day, and the last part of the family comes over later that weekend. So all of them get to see mom. Mom gets to see them. They get to have smaller, quieter conversations with mom without everybody being there at once where she is absolutely overwhelmed and exhausted. I was in a restaurant the other night, my wife and I, and... Uh, it was a large table. It was clearly a birthday celebration. And uh, a gentleman came in with his, I'm assuming his mother, who clearly had dementia. And uh, everyone there greeted her, and they, they sat her down. A couple times she got up and kind of walked around. But it went very well in a, in, in a setting that was somewhat different from her. But all, all the family was together and not in one house. And not in one house, Absolutely. So, you know, limiting the number of guests or getting someplace different where there's mm-hmm. space for people to talk. Um, and, and maybe you want to plan ahead. Think of the relative that you have that has very hard of hearing. That all of you are trying to have conversations, and that person can enjoy it. It's, it's noisy. There's a lot of background noise, a lot of talking going on, and he really can't participate. So in that instance, you might want to plan in advance by putting together a photo album, something that he or she could go over and quietly look at the photo album. doesn't have to follow the conversation. Maybe one person can go with him and look at the book together. Or it may be the person that has dementia. Maybe they would enjoy looking at old pictures from when they were little and going through that. So planning distractions for those people who really can't participate in the other family activities. If you just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on Air on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel. You dredged up a memory when you talked about uh, someone hard of hearing at a big event. Uh, I can remember at many, many family events on my dad's side of the family. His dad, my grandpa Max, uh, was hard of hearing and wore, this is a long time ago, one of the old clunky hearing aids uh, that hung off a button on his shirt, big box. And I can remember to this day my grandma saying, Max, turn up your hearing aid. <laughs> Because he'd just turn it off. (laughs) Yeah, because it was too much 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 noise. noise. It was too much noise. Max, turn up your hearing aid. Right, and that's frustrating for the people trying to talk, and it's frustrating for the person trying to listen. Exactly. So thinking about that can be really helpful. You know, one of the main things is trying to keep your loved one on a routine or as close to a routine if you're dealing with somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia is very important because that routine is their security blanket. It's that disruption that can cause the agitation and the anxiety. So you may not be able to keep things exactly as they are, but keeping in mind it's important. That routine is the safety blanket for that person, and you want to respect that. Now, before we talk about caring for yourself as caregiver during the holidays, well, what about the situation where the loved one uh, is in a home or in a memory unit and you still want to celebrate and honor the holidays? Well, you know, a lot of these facilities are great in that, that they have family rooms that you can reserve um, at particular times of the day and you or family can go in with your loved one and have that private room so you're not 
sometimes they're not in an apartment, they're in a small nursing home right. room, which is two beds in a room with, you know, you got the roommate and the curtain and all of that. But going into the nice family room part, uh, you can bring in food. Uh, sometimes you can have the facility will cook food for you. We have done that multiple times with my great aunt who lives in a in a assisted living facility, and it's lovely. Um, you know, the staff does a very nice job of making us feel welcome, and it feels like a home party environment. You were saying she's about 130 and doing great. <laughs> <laughs> a little under 100, but doing great. Yes, we all aspire. You know, there's you got that one family member who everything is working. You know, they're in their 90s and that was they're my still mother. going. You know, my mother till till the very end. Even then, yeah, uh, she'd say, you know, the only problem is everything's failing me, Ronnie. My body's falling apart. Yeah, but the rest of the, yeah, yeah, the brain kept firing on every piston. I know. We all want to be that relative. Yeah, exactly. I hope that you are. Well, yeah, your lips to God's ears. She should only be listening. <laughs> now, how about caring for yourself? Well, caring for yourself. So, you know, we recently read a New York Times article that was talking about the perception of time. I don't know if you remember this. It was talking about how, you know, Time seems to speed up during the holidays, as we were talking about, and and your days go by, and it's just a blur. It's and over. How do you how do you slow it down and, and and take care of yourself? And one of the things they said that time feels like it slows down when you do something special, when you do something that creates a really positive memory. So identifying that one thing that you would like to do this holiday season, maybe it's getting in the car and looking at the holiday lights. Maybe it's going to the university and listening to the choir presentation. Maybe it's going to candlelight vigils. Whatever that is, make plans to do that. Uh, a couple of things, you know, one for the Thanksgiving time and for Christmas, so that you can slow down, create that white space, and have that event that is meaningful to you. We've been taking the kids to look at more and more people now are doing Halloween decorations. I know, it's, it's almost suddenly, like Christmas. It's become a big business. Yes, right. I turned the corner on my street and I don't yeah. know. It was crazy. So we take the kids around and uh, they take a look at uh, the decorations. Kennedy, uh, one of the twins, calls it decorate. Let's go decorate. And he loves looking, especially at ghosts oh. and goblins. And uh, uh, it's a great memory and something that you can do now as more and more folks are doing this year after year. Well, you know, and and probably I know we're getting short on time. Um, you want to pick, you know, we've got relatives and friends. This is, as we mentioned, a great time to stay connected with your friends. You know, you don't have to reinvent your life. You, you, people, There are people that give you energy and make you feel good about yourself. Those are the people that you want to seek out and spend time with during a ho- busy holiday season, even if it's just a phone call, uh, because you don't want the you don't want the relative who drains you of your energy and wears you out. You want the one who gives you energy and makes you feel good. And that brings me to uh, one of the last points uh, that I, that I know you've made, and that is, you need to know how to say no. Saying no, setting limits, having a plan, reducing unrealistic expectations, going with the flow, those are all your friends at the holidays. Have a good time. Enjoy the holidays as best you can. And uh, thank you, Carol, for being our very special guest today, Carol Zerniel on Caregiver SOS On Air. Up next, Take 10 with Carol, Dr. Jamie Heisman, and moi, right here on 930 AM, The Answer. 
Those of us who are eligible for Medicare know all too well it's difficult and confusing to navigate the maze of rules and regulations, but now there's good news. The Medicare Information Centers brought to you by WellMed provide all the information Medicare-eligible people may need on Medicare and Medicare Advantage health plan options, preventive health care, health topics, government-sponsored Medicare savings programs, and a whole lot more, and there's no cost for the service. The Medicare Information Centers by WellMed are your one-stop, go-to resource for everything you need to know about Medicare and various other resources. Remember, open enrollment begins October 15th and continues through December 7th. Hey, don't do it alone. If you don't understand something, ask for help. It's available at no cost. Call 877-813-3134 for more information about open enrollment and for your appointment at one of seven Medicare Information Centers in San Antonio, 877-813-3134. And the good news is right now there are specialists standing by to take your call on open enrollment of the Medicare Information Centers by WellMed. Call now, 877-813-3134. I know it's Sunday afternoon. I know you're saying, hey, no one's going to be there. Eh, they're there right now to take your call and help you out during this open enrollment period. 877-813-3134. Call us free. The service is free. Thank you for sticking with us on Caregiver SOS On Air. At the end of each of our shows, we bring you Take 10, an opportunity for nationally known psychotherapist Dr. Jamie Heisman, expert in caregiving as well as dementia, and Carol Zerniel, our co-host on Caregiver SOS On Air, to bat around a topic and see where uh, where it comes out. And today's topic, Carol? We're going to talk about, you know, making the most of the holidays. We're right here at the beginning of the holidays. Uh, we've talked about it on, on our regular show. And, Jamie, you know, you always have uh, some good ideas about getting ready for the holidays, some do's and don'ts. You know, Carol, uh, it's a 10-minute sort of segment, so we got to keep it simple, don't we? Yes. Um, because, that sounds like tip number it, one. Well, the number one thing I always think is you always have to start where not only the loved one is at, but where the family is at. So let's say the number one thing we would do would be familiarize ourselves with with the situation. Um, get the family together, if you will, the, the immediate family and those who may well be a part of festivities or who may be calling in or somehow may be involved and have a, a have a conference call and and. This one is not so much a clinical conference call that needs a third party, but it's really to assess and gauge where everybody's at because the holidays are full of emotions, and if you can help the guests know what to expect before they arrive or before they get engaged, you're ahead of the game. Yeah, so doing a little planning from the start and getting everybody on the same page. How, how would you share that information with them? Well, you know, this is a, uh, an authentic sort of path, Ron. I mean, um, Everybody is going to be at a certain place and a different place. We're all snowflakes when the holidays come. Um, everybody has their own issues and are struggling with their own sort of family dramas. And then there's a loved one who may have a chronic and terminal illness, let's say Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. So everybody's at a different spot. So basically you need a reality check. And I, I think that you can do this, A, you know, with people, obviously, if they're in the local area, 
and sit down and talk and just see where everybody's at before the holidays. Um, but also, if you have family members who are coming in long distance, I'd include them too. Yeah, and I think that's really a, a great idea. I'm thinking of a family that had that kind of discussion, and there were a couple of family members that decided to change their plans. Um, and, and rather than coming there and being angry, upset, out of sync with everything that was going on, I, you know, and that was, they weren't ugly about it, but they just said, you know, we've got small kids. This doesn't sound like it's going to be the playful, fun kind of holiday. We'll we go hang out with of. Jamie in Florida. Yeah, we're going to go see Jamie in Florida. <laughs> we're gonna go. Well, that could be stressful, too, as you know, Jamie in Florida, but the stress of caregiving. But, but you know, making that decision, I, I want to—I don't want to let what Carol said just, just, you know, go by the wayside because, you know, very often it, it's not only the right decision, it's the right decision for other people there as well. If, if you're going to be difficult, irate, prickly, angry. Or happy, pouty, sad, depressed, right. you know, just out of sync. Hey, don't come. And everybody has to understand your situation if you're the primary caregiver and have realistic expectations what you can do. And so if you're the primary caregiver, you've got to be honest about any limitations or needs or your daily routine. And it's a good time to square everything with the, them and, and plan ahead. That's the first thing I would do, number one. Okay. So we're planning ahead. Yeah. And, and the, the second, second thing, Dr. Jamie? This should not come as a surprise to either of you, but it's... Um, be good to yourself, or the take your oxygen first. How's that for us? That's good. Ooh, I, I think I've heard that one before. I've heard of a book by that title. Uh, somewhere, someplace. But you got to give yourself permission to do what you can only reasonably manage. So let's say you invited 15 people or 20 people to your house. You, better, you can pare it down if you want for a simple meal instead of having this extravaganza. Uh, you can have a potluck dinner, ask them to you know, host at their home. You, you consider breaking things up in a smaller business two or three times. It, there's things you really need to think about to be good to yourself. Do not assault yourself and throw the gala event. How's that? Well, I think that's very important because sometimes we feel like we have to do what we always did. And maybe we always had the giant gathering and everybody got together and it was the big shindig. Um, and that's just not realistic anymore. And, no, and we're it, miserable. We make ourselves maybe, miserable doing it. Uh, something you said, Dr. Jamie and, and Carol, for the primary caregiver, maybe you really can't have it at your house anymore. You, maybe you can't. I mean, here's the next thing I would say, which is a great segue. Hey, you know, we're going to have to stop you right here. We're losing you on the phone. Uh, are you I'm on? Sorry. Are you back? Are you back? Yeah, I'm back with you. I'm back. I'm okay, back. thank you. What are you using closer. for a phone? It's... Not a headset. <laughs> Okay, you know, I have to get a headset. Forgive me, but I'll, I'll muscle through this one here. And I think you need to involve the person with dementia. Or All right, hang on. Right, well, we stopped recording. We're going to come right back to you. Oh, right, I'm hang sorry. On. That's okay. Stay uh, close to the phone. Stay talking to the round thing with the holes in it. Thank you. So sorry. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? All right, let's pick it up. Okay. Uh, Dr. Jamie, you, you were talking about uh, ways in which you can pare down and, and reshape uh, that holiday event. Absolutely. This is where you're kind to yourself. Obviously, I always believe you should have a therapist, you have a support group, make sure you're staying involved to your own self-care. But when you're looking at the entire event, be kind to yourself. I mean, do it in small doses. Do it over different times. As I mentioned, find a, a different house if you can't do it at your particular house. 
Right. And for me, that would work great because, you know, it's the cleaning up and making things, feeling like things have to be perfect in the home. I think that really stresses me out. I think that's our family characteristic. And if somebody else would just host us in their lovely home, a friend or a relative, that would be fantastic. And is it okay to ask somebody to do that? I think it's important to ask them. I think, you know, one of the beauties of mindful sort of caregiving is the ability to say yes to things and to say no to things. And I think for everybody, if you can do that on the front end, it's going to be such a better, better festification on the back end. Okay, so we're, we're planning ahead and we're paring things down. We're, we're making sure we don't overdo. Right. Now, the third thing, Carol, is to involve the person you're taking care of to the extent that they can actually be involved. So if they have dementia, for instance, you have to be mindful of that. But it's such a beautiful thing to bring in your loved one and, and build on past traditions and memories and involve them in holiday preparation and, and, and try to maintain a normal routine so it doesn't surprise them. Right. So, so that, you know, you want to keep the routine as closely as you can to what you normally do if you've got somebody with dementia in particular. Absolutely, because sticking to the normal routine keeps things from becoming disruptive, and when things become disruptive, especially with neurological disorders, things go downhill quick. And for the care recipient who, when you try to involve them, says, I don't want to do anything. I don't want anybody here. You know, that's an interesting thing, Ron. I I do believe that they are saying something that's very important to them, and and A, you can explore it over time. That's why I would start this process now or as early as you can. But if they don't, you definitely don't set them up for failure. You make other arrangements, definitely. Yeah, so that might be an opportunity to have somebody go sit with them quietly, one-on-one, go out in the backyard, take a walk, something else. Bring in... Uh, I also, yeah, that's a perfect time also, Ron, as you mentioned, to reduce what I call the, the, the holiday stress on a loved one by arranging for respite care, you know, so the family can actually come together and uh, maybe they want to go to a movie or, you know, somewhere or a day program, you name it, but they don't have to be involved and you can still have the festivities. Well, and I'm thinking of something that's worked in my family now that streaming is available. Um, You know, we used to like to go to movies during the, you know, probably the day after Christmas. Um, and my, you know, my family got to where they just couldn't. My parents really didn't enjoy being in the movie theaters, too loud, too expensive, too everything. Um, and so, but they really enjoy being, you know, we, now we can hook up the computer to the TV and stream a movie at home and make our own popcorn, and that's working well for us. So we still get to see movies, movies together as a family. Oh, it's just cool. not at the theater. That's adaptive. I like that. We're adapting. Yeah. The technology is we're adopting and adapting. Well, the other thing you can you you can Skype in or FaceTime in family members uh, to be at your dinner party without actually being there. No doubt, no doubt, and, and according to adapting, which is really important to say too, uh, make sure you adapt useful gifts because right now, if you're a caregiver, maybe a useful gift gift is respite care. Make sure you don't give things that are unusable to loved ones who have, let's say, a neurological disorder. I um, mean, suggest items that are very important, like, you know, metallurgs and things like that. Um, and put, always put rest of care at the top as the gift you want to be given by somebody else. Well, and hopefully if you're the caregiver, some this is the time of year, somebody's going to ask you what you would like. Um, and I hope all the caregivers that are listening out there 
take that seriously. I mean, this is your chance, right? Rack up a few gifts that mean something to you, whether it's a spa day, it's um, a little bit of respite, if it's an an, an hour to go to you, um, your favorite museum, whatever it is, plan that in advance so that when somebody asks you, you're ready. Got to stop you right there, flat out of time. Maybe we ought to start, just like you do for weddings, uh, a register at local uh, places for caregivers. Thank you very much for and joining us. And watch out us. for that alcohol intake, Ron. That's what I want to throw in there. Watch out for that. Thank you. Out of time. Dr. Jamie, Carol Cernio, 9.30 a.m., The Answer, Caregiver SOS on air. Watch the booze. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS on air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation. Email suggestions and comments on this radio program to radio at wellmed.net. And join your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio, for another edition of Caregiver SOS on air on 9.30 a.m., The Answer.